0: Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Inman, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy Good morning, church. I'm Adam Seat. I'm the lead pastor
1: here at Orange, and I'm so excited today that you have joined us for this time of worship. Pastor Brad is bringing our message for us this morning, and there are two scripture lessons for us to read from. So if you've got your own Bible, I invite you to turn with me first to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read verses 46 through 55, and then we're going to turn over to Isaiah chapter 61, And we'll read verses 1 through 4, and then 8 through 11. But first, the passage from Luke, chapter 1, 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. And now we turn over to Isaiah chapter 61, again, verses 1 through 4, and then 8 through 11. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me, He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise. Instead of a faint spirit, they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins, they shall raise up the former devastations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice, I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. This is the word of God for you, the people of God.
0: Thanks be to God. Good morning. It is so wonderful to be with you all in worship here this morning. My name is Brad Inman, and I'm one of the associate pastors here at Orange, uh, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity uh, to preach the Word this morning. This morning, we're going to continue our Advent sermon series, Those Who Dream, and today we're going to explore how those who dream sow joy. So that's kind of a weird phrase, sowing joy. Uh, first of all, we're, we're sowing like farming, we're not sowing like quilting, uh, so we'll start there. And farmers sowing seeds means that they are planting in anticipation of the potential that that seed holds. The farmer isn't putting seeds in the ground because they're bored. They're putting seeds in the dirt because of what the seeds will become. They know the hard work and the dangers surrounding that seed, and that not every seed produces the harvest that is hoped for, but they sow anyway because the potential payoff is worth it. Their joy comes when the harvest is complete. They have to wait before they celebrate. So today, we're sowing seeds of joy, joy seeds. It means that joy is the product, it's not here yet, it's coming in the future but only after some waiting and some work. The joy is in the future, but we're planting the seeds for it today. Our New Testament lesson that Pastor Adam just read for us is from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And here, Mary, having been told by the angel Gabriel that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, the Messiah, conceived by the Holy Spirit, she travels to her relative Elizabeth's house and who is also miraculously with child in her old age. And Elizabeth's child is John the Baptist, who, upon hearing Mary's greeting, does backflips of joy in the womb. And then Elizabeth expresses her own joy, exclaiming out about what is happening through Mary. And then Mary busts out into song. So just to recap, before we even get to the scripture, before we even get to Mary's song, we've got in vitro John the Baptist doing backflips. We've got uh, Elizabeth exclaiming out for joy. And we have Mary busting out in song, all for joy. Not for joy of what has already happened, but for joy that is still to come. They're doing it wrong. (laughs) John, Mary, Elizabeth, we just talked about how you gotta wait. You can't celebrate yet. Jesus hasn't even been born. You can't be this joyful already. That's not how sowers do it. That's not how farmers do it. They have to wait. Why are they acting this way? Why are they so joyful when the seed of joy has only just been planted? John, Elizabeth, and Mary are already filled with joy because of how great the promised future is, and because of how great their faith is in God, that he will make it happen. They are so filled with joy because they have allowed themselves to dream of the future, and they trust that God will follow through on his promises. They don't have to wait to celebrate. They are overwhelmed with joy already. They have joyful anticipation of what is still to come, They are joyful about what Jesus's birth will mean, and not just for them, but what his birth will mean for the world. Gabriel told Mary what was going to happen. He didn't mince words. He said, Mary, you are going to have a baby boy who is the son of God, and he will rule God's kingdom forever. If you didn't read Josh's wonderful Advent Devo that was emailed out last week about the absurdity of the song, Mary, Did You Know?, it is worth going back to read it. But Yeah, dude, Mary knew. (laughs) Because not only was Gabriel pretty crystal clear, but Mary was Jewish and she was a first time mom. The Jewish people had scriptures prophesying about the Messiah to come. And the scriptures described what the Messiah would be like, but more importantly, what the Messiah would do. Scriptures like the one that Pastor Adam just read. Isaiah 61 says that the Messiah will preach the good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, free the captives, release the prisoners, and bring forth the year of the Lord. The Messiah will bring comfort to the mourning and the grieving. And, oh, hey, we're going to come back to this part. Plant them in righteousness so that they may grow strong as oaks as they display the splendor of the Lord. The Messiah will reflect God's love for justice and virtue and will make a new covenant with his people that will never end. Mary isn't dumb. <laughs> she understood what Gabriel told her. She was about to give birth to the Son of God, the Messiah. And what is the universal truth about moms who are about to give birth to their first child? They read. <laughs> My friends who have started having children, they read all the books and they ask the people they trust for all the advice and then the people who love them give them more advice that they did not ask for, but they listen anyway just in case. Moms prepare. They want to know everything they can so that they can do everything in their power to keep their baby healthy, to protect them and to help them grow and to fulfill all the potential that they possess. I am sure that Mary did everything she could to learn about how to raise a baby boy, but I am also pretty sure that she did her research to learn all she could about how to raise a healthy baby Messiah. She prepared. She didn't couldn't, if she couldn't read the scriptures, she probably went to the teachers and said, tell me everything that you know about the coming Messiah. She didn't spend an afternoon on Wikipedia and say, "Eh, that seems good to me. She prepared like a mom. Mary wanted to know what to expect so that she could be the best mother to Jesus that she could be. And what else do new moms do besides prepare? They dream. They dream about all the potential that that baby possesses. They dream about the future. They dream about holidays and graduations and weddings. They dream about personalities and possibilities. And in that moment, they not only sow joy, the happiness that they will have, that they have faith will come later, they feel joy right then and there in that moment. They don't have to wait until the baby is there to feel joyful, They experience it just in the anticipation. Comparing Mary's joyful anticipation of Jesus' arrival to anything earthly seems a little bit silly and ridiculous. But I think we do have a decent example of this in the world today. And that's that there are at least, hopefully, three COVID vaccinations on the way, including one that was just uh, approved for distribution on Friday. These vaccinations, they'll take time to distribute and administer, but when they are administers, it seems like our world may finally be restored to some semblance of normality. And people are excited. They are not waiting to celebrate. They are celebrating already. They're dreaming of leaving their houses again and hugging loved ones and of traveling I've dreamed of getting together with all of you in person and singing in worship. And just the thought of that brings me joy right now. I'm joyful just thinking about that day. Joyful anticipation of something really good that I have faith is on the way. Mary knows that her little baby is the coming Messiah. And she knows that he will transform the world She knows that she has been honored beyond all comprehension by being chosen by God to mother this child, and she dreams. She dreams, I'm sure, about all the things that mothers dream about, but she also dreams about what it means that the Messiah is coming. She dreams of the end of poverty, the end of mourning, the end of captivity. She is a poor, unwed, teenage woman in the Roman Empire. Mary knows poverty and oppression. But Gabriel's message, God's promise, allows her to dream, to feel immense joy. The dream is that beautiful, and her faith in God is just that strong. She's celebrating the seed. She's, ce- she's not celebrating the seed. She's celebrating the fruit the moment the seed is put in the dirt, in the dirt. She is so certain of God's goodness and faithfulness that her joy cannot be contained. It hits her so hard that she bursts out into the song for all the neighbors to hear what it is that she's so happy about. That the God, That God, who in the past so faithfully guided, rescued, and helped his people, is about to do it again. He's going to transform the world. She knows it. She believes it, and she doesn't wait to express her joy. Mary joyfully sows her joy seeds. She knows what Jesus' life is going to mean for the world. She knows the fruit of the harvest. She knows the joy that is to come, and she has so much faith in it that she doesn't have to wait. The seed is in the dirt, and that's enough. It's enough to dream and to celebrate. What is still to come. And today, we get to do the same thing. We can listen to God's promises and we can put our faith in them and we can celebrate in joyful anticipation. If we look again at that passage in Isaiah, we'll we'll review a little bit again what the Messiah is going to do. He's going to preach good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, free the captives, release the prisoners, and bring forth. The year of the Lord. And then Mary, in her song, adds that he will humble the proud, raise up the humble, fill the hungry, and help people in need. In Luke 4, as Jesus begins his ministry, he recites these passages Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, and he claims them for himself. He says that he is the Lord's anointed, that he is the Messiah, and he is the one who will do those things. And he did. At least he started the revolution. Just as celebrating Advent has this difficult balance of waiting for Jesus' birth, even though we know he's already been born, so does understanding the work of the Messiah. The victory has already been sealed, even if the work has not yet been drawn to completion. Jesus has already done the saving work through his life, death, and resurrection. He has already done the work of the Messiah, but there is still work to be done. And that work includes us. If we look closer at verse 3 especially, we see that the Messiah promises something else and he promises that those he brings comfort to, he will also plant in righteousness so that they may grow as strong as oaks as they display the splendor of the Lord. In other words, Jesus is finished, but he's also just getting started. Jesus also plants seeds as well, and we are those seeds, He's started the the inevitable transformation of the world in us. He is the Savior, but he wants us to have a part. He's given us the dream, and he wants us to make it a reality. When we allow ourselves to be nourished by the soil, when we drink in the nourishment of God's goodness, his love, and his grace, we grow. We grow as strong as oak trees, and as we grow, we display his righteousness and his splendor and become a part of the transformation of the world. The Son of God, the Messiah, transforms us from seed to tree for the transformation of the world. And that transformation is predicated on righteousness and worship. That's the end game. That's the kind of fruit that we produce. We aren't oak trees. We are righteousness trees. That's what the farmer Messiah grows righteousness. And what is righteousness? Righteousness is goodness, love, peace. If we want to be like Mary, if we want to have faith in the promises of God, that's what we need to be dreaming about. That's what we need to be preparing for. That's what we need to be working towards. The promise that we hold on to with unceasing faith is that God is using us to transform the world toward righteousness. That's the future that we need to know in our hearts of hearts will come to be a reality. It's the future that we need to be dreaming about. So dream about it. A dream about a world filled with righteousness. A world of love a world without violence, a world without systematic racism, a world without divisiveness, vitriol, and cruelty, a world without arrogance or stockpiling of assets, a world of generosity, a world of true freedom, a world without hunger, a world without sickness, a world of joy. It is promised. And if you believe in it with the faith of Mary, you don't have to wait for that future joy to be a reality in order to start celebrating. You can start singing about it now. Joy can overwhelm you already about what is to come. And that joy should also be your fuel. Because Mary wasn't done working after she finished singing her song of praise She still had to go through childbirth. (laughs) She still had to breastfeed. She still had sleepless nights. She still had a thousand diapers to change. She still had a murderous Roman governor that wanted her son dead. The Son of God, Messiah, still needed protection, care, nourishment, and love. Mary still had to do the hard work of being a mom to help that joyful dream become reality. And so do we. We are called to the hard work of transforming this world to reflect God's righteousness. We're not just supposed to dream about peace, justice, and love. We're supposed to help make it happen. That passage in Isaiah says, "...for as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations." We have work to do, and we're just getting started. But we do know how it ends. We know that the Messiah transforms dreams into reality. We know that a garden full of righteousness is on the horizon. So dream and work, but you don't have to wait to celebrate. You can have faith like Mary that God will follow through on his promises. Joy is coming but it is also already here. And the dream of that should be enough for us to sing for joy. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this time of Advent, for this weird feeling of knowing that Jesus has already come, but Jesus is still on his way. In the same way, God, we pray Joyful anticipation that you have already done the work and that there is so much work yet to come. God, we pray that you would put those dreams in our minds, those dreams of a a world of, of justice and peacefulness and love. We pray that that dream would motivate us to help put in the work, knowing that it's with you guiding us all the way. So God, we thank you for the joy we feel in our hearts now, and we thank you for the joy you have coming for us in the future. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.